Welcome to episode four of Yano Same. This week, we're joined by our friend Mel to talk about our personal journeys in self-discovery and growing up. As always, you can submit your topic ideas to us via the link in our bios on Instagram at Yano Same Podcast and Twitter at Yano Same Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. other voice jasmine <laughs> it's my second personality <laughs> please introduce yourself hi i'm mel i'm a friend of jasmine and dakota we met in college yep. i'm currently in school becoming a teacher and i also stream on twitch.tv slash pacino so okay i love that for you uh, do you want to you plug your uh, Instagram and Twitter no. and all that? Okay. She's like, she no, doesn't have one, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just, she's just on Twitter. don't like Mark Zuckerberg. That's the truth. So first, we're going to talk about Tea of the Week. We have, like, one little topic that we just talk about that kind of doesn't have anything to do with, like, our main topic. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking about Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, thoughts, everyone? Um, song of of America at the moment. <laughs> it's literally, it's on track to be number one on Billboard. Everyone talks about it. Half of my um, TikTok feed is about it. Half of Twitter is about it. I mean, it's a good song. I just thought about the most negative thing when you said Song of America. I was like, people storming the Capitol and it's playing in the background. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> no, they weren't. Were they? I mean, what else are they going to play? Country? I don't know. Oh, God. The bridge. Like, in your room, and it's just like a good song comes on, like Good Days by SZA, and you're just like mm-hmm. pretending mm-hmm. it's a summer day, windows rolled down, mm-hmm. like she was living that feeling. Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I don't know where she came from. <gasps> oh, oh my god. Okay, Dakota, do you want to tell the story? So, uh, I have a 15 year old sister. Talk of the story of like, I know her who her boyfriend is, and I know that story, mm-hmm. but I don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. She's a Filipino um, American. I think she's white, but we're going to claim her as Filipino. Um, (laughs) She's the first Asian American Mm -hmm. woman to, like, top the charts the way that she is right Mm -hmm. now. Um, And she half Filipino. Yes, ma'am. She's 17. She started on um, High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney+. And that's how she met the guy that the song's about, Joshua Bassett. Yeah, no, because I was like... I was watching a tick like I don't even like listen or like I'm on like pop TikTok. So when mm-hmm. it came up mm-hmm. on my feed with like a whole background, I was so confused. But I mm. watched the whole thing because I was like, I'm gonna eat this drama <laughs> up. Next time Sophia Banks boiling her cat, like I'm gonna read this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I was like watching it and I was like, that hurt. 
hurt. Like, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And they even, like, showed Dude. who it was about, like, the girl, yep. the relationship they have now. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's pain, bro. And then, like, you could tell in the music video, she, like, really, like, touched mm-hmm. that pain. She like, felt even that. Even she's, like, slightly over it, she touched it and was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear the part about, like... Um, so basically, like, when she and, and Joshua met, they he was, like, 19, and I think she was, like, 16 or something, and that's why, like, they didn't really go public mm-hmm. about dating, because they were like, oh, she's still underage, but he told her, like, I will wait until you turn 18, and then we can be, like, public for real mm-hmm. about everything and, like, be official, and she was, like, months away from turning 18, like, when he did that, and I also found out that homegirl is a Capricorn Venus. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me. <laughs> I was like, I just know she was like waiting for that, and then he did this. It was Wait, ugly. So did he like for I... sure cheat on her, or was it just like a gradual like he broke up with her and then saw him dating her after? So yeah, I think right? there was like oh, um, they okay. No one knows like how they broke up, but it was assumed mm-hmm. that like he ended it, yeah. and then literally like a month later. When people started noticing that they weren't together as much, Sabrina Carpenter started popping up, like, with him. Yeah. Oh, Sabrina Carpenter is the other girl. Yes, she's yeah. the Oh, you didn't know that? Was, but I don't know what they look like. I've heard the name Sabrina Carpenter. I've heard the name, like, uh, the other girl who, girl in, not, like, girl in red, but people were like, oh, um, Olivia Rodrigo is the blah, blah, blah for the straights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know yeah. that blah, 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 like, I know her name, but I've never seen them. So. Yeah, she's blonde. She blonde, blonde. She was on um, she was on the Girl Meets World mm-hmm. show okay, so that was supposed to be like stars. a spinoff. Yep. Pretty much, yeah, oh, yeah. That's why everyone was like, "Oh, this is like Demi and Mandy and Miley and Mandy, whatever." Yeah. Oh my but god. But not as dramatic. Okay, not as dramatic. I love it. Like when that shit oh, came yeah. out, it's like, same energy, and I love that the kids are just having history repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Like it, they deserve the drama right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this so it's life. such like high school drama. It's like a boy who's not sure of himself, like breaks up with this girl and then starts dating someone else. It's like oh so normal, yeah. but like it's. I think that's why it's like relatable though. Mm-hmm. Like that's why everyone's like, I feel like I've felt this feeling before. It was just like she did everything in the music video that you would want to do, like post breakup, oh, to yeah. show that you're like okay. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like she can yeah. say like she's still in love with you, but like she like did it through disney just because like you know like that song was like explicit i don't know it what it disney, is or if it disney got yeah she definitely but she definitely yeah. had connections because of disney mm-hmm. oh yeah 100 percent. like how is she blowing up so quickly and like mm-hmm. everyone's talking about like like you said like it's all over tiktok that it's her and got seven all over my tiktok no <laughs> reason no reason did you see the petty th- did you hear about the petty thing that he did though like when she released no, that Okay, so he, like, knew that everybody, like, knew it was about him, and they were, like, all talking about it and stuff, and this fool, like, shared the song the night that it came out, and he was, like, driver's license is out now, everyone go listen, it's so 
it's so great amazing job with all these extra exclamation points and everyone's like is he dumb and i was like no he did that on purpose joshua bassett by the way is a capricorn and miss olivia is a pisces so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his oh and sabrina venus so that's where the flakiness comes in yeah and her little capricorn venus just wants stability yeah. <laughs> and commitment like that face uh-uh. is like no. unstable to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. But yeah, he was definitely being petty on purpose, like hundred percent. Or it was a PR move, which it was a dumb PR move. But I heard that PR mm-hmm. should never like promote to do that. So I feel like that's something. Well, how old is he now? Like no. 20, 21? twenty, twenty one. Twenty. Yeah, he's like twenty. Okay, yeah, definitely something a twenty year old would do. I think he just he did that out of his own volition. It's not because everyone still hates him. They were like, instead of being like, ooh, he's being petty, everyone's like, are you dumb or something? Like, (laughs) And he's releasing a song in a few days. Uh, And like, no one cares. No one cares. That's so trashy. Well, it's just like, dude. It's an old song, so it's not going to be about her. But everyone's just like, "Uh, I don't think you should release anything at this point right now. I think he felt like he was losing and he was like, let me just try something. (laughs) Let me just distract them. Which also yeah. is never going to be good because response songs are never, like, work, working out. But what, applaud to them mm-hmm. for, like, keep going with their music career. I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, try and your like, best. Okay, like, I know us, all of us, as brown people with black-ass mm-hmm. hair and brown-ass eyes, like, all her lyrics were intimidated. Like, I think of it, you know, yeah. like, Mitski's for the gays and she could mm-hmm. be for the straights because it's like, <laughs> Mitski has, like, all-American girl where she's, like, talking about how yes. she could never be whatever Olivia's also, like, doing. So they're talking about the mm-hmm. same thing. But I like that, like, the same message is there and that some mm-hmm. people can, like, mm-hmm. think of it as either not just only being, like, Filipino and POC, but also thinking of, like, just being, like, brown-haired because it still mm-hmm. isn't, like, a favor that mm-hmm. people have yeah. today. So... You would talk about Mitski, and I love you for that. <laughs> Libra queen. I love Dude, my Mitski. I think about it sometimes, and I'm like, I don't want anyone to worry about me. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. I know. Love her, but applauding uh, Olivia Rodrigo because I didn't know she was half Filipina. I thought she was like a mm-hmm. quarter or something. Oh, Nash. Yeah, I think her mom. Is it her mom or her, her dad? Mom. Well, I think maybe it's her. Is it? But her last name is Rodrigo. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe that's her stage name. Maybe. Just to, like, make it spicy. Either way, she's I don't half. know. Yeah. You know who's that Filipino that's a quarter that. that I was like, what the heck? Who? Haley Steinfeld. Who? <laughs> oh, I knew that. Yeah. I would know that. Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, you can tell. Like, the moment you look at her nose, you're like, she'd be like, oh. The girl who sings headphones and hell knows. Yeah. 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 Starving. Mm-hmm. But starving never hit the charts like Miss Rodrigo did, so. I know, but Starving deserved starving it, and so did Headphones and Hell No. That whole album was like, I think my freshman year of college is when that came out. And I would like drive through the little parking structure, like blasting it and looking for a spot. It's memory. Like, yes. I'm like, here it goes. And I'm like, oh, I just missed it. Exactly. <laughs> I I was always like, is this an earthquake? Like, what's Dude. happening? <laughs> All right. So, what are we talking about today, Dakota? 
Um, today we are talking about identity and adulthood. <laughs> Why'd you laugh? I don't, I don't know. I was nervous. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that question. If you want to yes. know what my identity is, um, before we filmed this podcast, I bought myself a coffee and I spilled <clears> it <throat> and then I cleaned it up and cried <laughs> and then I was late. Um... <laughs> So that's what my identity is. Okay. <laughs> but for real though, um, how do we start this? Um, let's just, I was going to say like, let's start with like, who did you think you were going to be like when you were older, when you were a kid, kid if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mel, do you want to answer it first? I mean, I feel like okay. you guys already know what I, how I was when I was younger. <laughs> like it sounds so stereotypical but yeah it was like a fucking emo kid right but the difference mm-hmm. is is that living in southern california you being the emo kid does not make you a loser it makes you mm-hmm. yeah what other bitches want to be but like their parents won't exactly be. like it's the whole thing of like wearing eyeliner when you're in seventh grade that other kids mm-hmm. like cannot do because their parents don't let them and then that making you cool like it's literally mm-hmm. like that premise at least in southern california and I grew up like that with having, like, other friends who... I feel like it was also just, like, when I was younger... Um, this probably works for you guys, too, but, like, big internet presence. Because I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. family supervision. So I was on the internet a lot. <laughs> so that's I think that's where I learned how to be, like, emo, how to be seen, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up finding, mm-hmm. like, communities of that where I, like, took my style and stuff in that. So, mm-hmm. but I think, like, if I were looking at the perspective of me being, like, 14 or 16, I simply wouldn't think I was alive right now. Like, I genuinely <laughs> thought I'd be by 18. Girl, then, oh, you're like, life just no ends way. there. And then by the time I turned, literally, okay, so right now I'm 22, right? By the time mm-hmm. I realized I was turning 22, so literally not even a year ago, probably, like, what, like, seven months now, I was like, holy crap, girl, like, you gonna live longer, so therefore you can get your shit together and, like, actually... You need to figure something out. You like, right? So, no, yeah, because I'm, I'm still surprised every single day that I'm still alive because I just, I never imagined myself having a family. I never imagined myself being in college. I never imagined myself, like, having wow. an adulthood. Like, it just wasn't something that I thought was, a, I guess, appealing when I was younger. Mm. Um, and I think right now, I think, like, I was talking about it with my friend the other day because we went to Ikea, right? And mm-hmm. um, me and my friend dressed very loud, at least compared to everyone in the pandemic, right? Everyone's in yoga pants <laughs> and, like, hoodies, right? And then mm-hmm. me and my friend yeah. came out in, like, low-rise jeans and, like, tight crop tops or something, like, with our mini bags. Like, it's something, it, it's, like, mm-hmm. something that, you know, it sounds very basic, like, when you put it onto TikTok or something, but in real life, mm-hmm. when people are just trying to get their fucking groceries and not trying to see people stunt <laughs> on everyone, like, it's something that's, like, very eye-catching. Mm-hmm. And yeah. her and I had the whole conversation yeah. of, like, 16-year-old us or 13-year-old us would kill to be in our position right now. Or, like, be so proud of us to see us from, mm-hmm. like, whatever perspective. And this was literally us buying drinks to, like, our like our house to celebrate New Year's. And we went out in, like, full-out outfits. But even though we were just spending it at our houses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it was just, like, mm-hmm. the effort was there. And, like, to think that we still listen to same, the same kind of music, too. Like, you definitely not do. Even, not even just, like, emo <laughs> music, but I'm talking, like, like obnoxious like 2000s pop 
you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. True, true. So it was just, like, being able to, like, sort of blast that right now is very, it's very nice. And on top of that, I think, like, being that emo kid at 13 years old would be, I think, her, she would be Melanie Massacre, mm-hmm. which was her name. <laughs> uh, her name was Melanie Love. Massacre. Mm-hmm. Mel Masker oh, would be God. so proud of Mel today interning for a record company that she used to be a fan of. Mm-hmm. And even though I, did, I came out of it not wanting to do entertainment, I think that's a really cool step, and I think mm-hmm. I would be proud for even trying it. We're proud of you. I want to be you when, you when I grow up. I want to say Girl, I'm glad you made it past 18 because then I wouldn't have met you. I was like, yeah, actually. I'd probably kill someone. Me and a kid, the man looked 18, I'd be like, girl, no. Cut it. Oh my god. She said, play my chemical romance at my funeral. Oh, not even. My hair was like, Allison cut my hair when I turned 18, and she just kept cutting. So my hair was like this. Oh my god. Love. Wait, I remember like what your hair looked like. I yeah. think when we yeah, it was probably similar. Love that. I swear, if I went down in the casket like that, I would I would fucking haunt her. I would haunt her. <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed This to is curse? not the way I wanted to. You can. I mean, you already yeah, did. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like we'll just have like the little e in the corner. We're good. It's fine. Jasmine, who did you want to be, or who do you think you were gonna be when you grew up? Um, so like. I'm proud of I'm proud of who I am now because as a kid I was like shy. Oh. Like shy shy. I didn't talk to anyone. During recess I used to read my little Harry Potter books and my Twilight books like on the handball court wall by myself. I didn't have a lot of friends cuz like I just I think I struggled like as a kid because I had really bad eczema and I had a hard time making friends cuz like kids in our generation like you were talking about this the other day they're super like sensitive now. But in our generation, they did not care. So, like, I would get bullied a lot of the time. I just had a hard time, like, speaking up and speaking, like, to people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm, like, the oldest daughter in my family. And, like, you said that you didn't have a lot of, like, parental supervision on the internet. But I did. Like, I wasn't allowed to have social media accounts until, like, I think the eighth grade is when I started doing all of that. Um, and, like, also being the oldest, I feel like I didn't really have, like an influence that was like a little older than me to teach me about like clothes and fashion and stuff so just very like awkward um but I'm like proud of myself for being like I pride myself on being a very like outspoken person now Mm -hmm. I think I'm fairly like confident and like not afraid to put myself out there so I'm glad um I don't think I ever I didn't really like have a goal career-wise as a kid I think I just wanted to be rich. Like, mm, that's all I... Love that's that. what I remember. Like I'm like... It's such a Capricorn thing, It's like a first child problem. It's a Capricorn thing. It's a first-gen Filipino thing. Like, I didn't care, like, what I was going to do. I just wanted to be rich. Mm. And that's why, like, when I got to college, I was so confused because I was like, maybe I should have, like, a passion or something. Because, like, I was, I was, like, a nursing student when I came into school and I was like, I suck at this and I hate it. Like, I'm not interested in any of this stuff. So, like, I'm still figuring it out in some ways sometimes. But, like, overall, um, I'm nowhere near, like, who I thought I was going to be when I was a kid. But that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Whoa. the money thing you could still do. A hundred Oh, yeah. I would still try I'm to trying. do that. But if I was, like, yeah. you and I'm at college, you're like, I joined college. Where did the money go? <laughs> they're like, let the money come in first year. <laughs> they keep taking my money. <laughs> I literally, when I decided that I wanted to do nursing, it was literally because I was, like, job security, because mm-hmm. I got family members, 
that like work in the hospitals and then the second thing was like yeah they make a decent check like mm-hmm. that's i'm cool with that maybe i'll meet like a doctor or something we'll get married and then we'll share the money like that's the thought that i had i'm not even close to that now but i'm fine with it <laughs> what about you dakota um when i was growing up i really wanted to be an artist and then when was it when i was like around like fifth grade that was when my mom kept telling me i should be a nurse instead (laughs) or doctor so then naturally my answer changed to become a doctor i love being filipino so much (sighs) it's so great and then well growing up i used to be like jasmine too like i had friends like i had a lot of like um friends that were girls but for the most part i was like really shy i didn't know how to dress i didn't really care about that stuff i just read (laughs) <laughs> but as I grew up, and honestly, until college is when I started caring about, like, all that, like, dressing up and all that stuff. And then I was a bio major when I entered college. And then, <laughs> and then I don't know what it is about, like, when when you enter college. And you know, it's like, when you enter college, it's all about you. Like, you put in all that work. And then you realize that, like, you can't put in that work if you're not interested in it. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't. As much as I love math and I can do science, like, I... Mm-hmm. Me being a doctor? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I do not trust myself. No. Oh, my gosh, I like, no. I feel like it's even worse, because I feel like all of our coping mechanisms, if we're, like, thrown in a position of someone dying, we would just mm-hmm. start, like, slightly laughing. Which is not oh, a good trait to have when you're a doctor. Oh, yeah. I would panic. I would just... That's what... I like one time this girl fainted at Paxson when I was working there. Oh my god! I was like, oh wait, I remember that. I like touched her, and then they're like, don't touch her. And I was like, I didn't know. Yeah, if I was a doctor, oh my god, poor thing. But after I figured out that I didn't want to be a doctor, I listened to my mom and I tried to become a nurse, oh <laughs> and then that didn't god. work. <laughs> and and then I, Chris is, what do you do now to go? And then I became an animation major because I was like, well, I actually wanted to be an artist. That didn't work mm-hmm. out because of reasons. So I majored in Asian American studies. And now I I'm that. occupied as a digital mark. Like I do digital marketing. <laughs> that That's my whole identity is I figured out that you can't go through life without being yourself. Yeah, like it's impossible. Yeah. I was just gonna say really quick like the thing that made me decide that I like wouldn't be a good nurse wasn't like I've never been squeamish I'm fine with blood and all of that I thought like bedside manner would be fine I started watching like Grey's Anatomy in my first semester of college and I was like determined to finish the whole thing I'm like in season one and I cried at every single episode and I'm like oh my god if I was a doctor and I created, mm-hmm. like, emotional attachments to people. I would be a wreck mentally. Nope. I don't know how I would do my job. Like, I, I'm not strong enough emotionally for that, I don't yeah. think. Mm-hmm. But it's so dumb that Grey's Anatomy was, like, the thing that, I feel like <laughs> that made Anatomy me realize. Is inspiration for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot yeah. of people. Which, I don't know if ne- it's necessarily correct, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, like, one of the things was, like, I was telling you guys, like, um, I think you guys just are, like, it's it's a commonality of being like the old eldest sibling because both of you guys are the eldest sibling right yep like sort of guiding like 
yourself and then guiding whoever is younger. Because I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys see this, but I definitely, like, emulate my older brother. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I feel like he raised me definitely more than my mom or my dad did. Mm. So that's how mm-hmm. I envision, like, how you guys are to your younger siblings. Mm. Do I seem like my No, they definitely look up to I feel you. Like they it's definitely like really... have a similar humor. I feel like they're... It's so weird, though, to be the oldest, because it's like, yeah, I had to, like, pave my own way and stuff, and then I try to be a role model to them, but sometimes I'm a little jolly, because I'm like, you guys came out so much cooler than I did, and it's because you had me. Oh, my friend says that a lot, too, because she's the eldest sister out of three, too, and she was like, how come mm-hmm. all my siblings do, like, creative hobbies, and I can't even yeah. do anything? Because <laughs> you, like, have this sense of, like, I need to be responsible, and I need to, like have it together because they need to be able to look up to me but then at the same time they just have the freedom to like do what they want to yeah. do well, and like, with, like not be worried it, like having a strict taking all the hits from a strict parent right First, 100%. yeah i don't know for me that it helped that time. i was a guy and then my sister's a girl so i don't know Dude, i don't okay dakota <laughs> i don't know if i told you this but my brother when he was younger he was a mess yeah, same. Wow. So complete mess. Okay, it's... but like my brother was messy. Like for legal reasons and his own personal mm. business, I will not be stating. Oh my god. What he did or how mm. he pissed off my mom, but I'll just say he would go missing for like mm. four days at a time from no when way. He was, yeah, sixteen to like twenty one. Oh and god. like my mom was single at the time, so she mm-hmm. would be like, she it got to the point where like these four days, like he'd be missing the third day, and my mom would be kind of panicky. And then me as like a ten year old or nine year old would be like, "Who's gonna come back? Like I don't know why you're freaking out. Like as if he's my own child. Like as if I knew. Oh my but, like God. it was just me. So like, I feel like after that, especially because my brother. So like basically, I think what had happened was my mom put the pressure of becoming a nurse or a doctor on him first. So mm-hmm. he got he got uh... that whole treatment that you guys got right. Mm-hmm. And then after mm-hmm. a certain pushing point, he actually ended up doing something that my mom was just like, I regret ever trying to make you a nurse, ever trying mm-hmm. to make you a doctor. And I feel like that doesn't mm-hmm. happen to a lot of Filipino families because there's never a pushing edge sword, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. for mine, it was like when I grew up, my I, maybe that's why I didn't have like any pressure because I knew my mom didn't want to put that pressure of me being a nurse on me mm-hmm. because she knew it would just lead mm-hmm. me into like, pushing her over the edge you know so i think i think i think my thing was i was like the oldest like child on my mom's side so like my mom was the first first of like her sisters to have a kid so like on top of that like i was the only boy too so i'm like the oldest Mm. i'm the only boy and then i was i had like high anxiety so, like, when I was home, I was, like, the big brother. Or when I went to family functions, I was the oldest cousin. The oldest boy cousin. Because oh. everyone has these pressures about being a male, too. Yeah. And then when I went to school, I was the little short kid that only hung out with girls. So it was a very confusing. <laughs> oh, like, no. It was very confusing, like, going to different environments. And, like, I couldn't adapt. Like, it was so hard for me because I didn't even know who I was. Because yeah. when I was home, like, that's supposed to be your safe place. But yeah. it really wasn't it was a place where i was supposed to be like this big macho person that i'm supposed to help my sister pull through but like when i go to school i'm this short (laughs) tiny little filipino boy who plays tennis and like runs like it's it's very confusing i didn't realize it until recently that like it it messes with your brain a lot it's so hard i think for me like 
Um, Mel, you were mentioning that, like, your mom was kind of, like, pushing your brother to do the nursing thing. And Dakota, you said that, like, your mom was also kind of like, oh, you should be a doctor, you should be a nurse. Mm -hmm. My parents, like, never told me, like, what to study. I kind of just decided to do nursing. But it's mainly because, like, I didn't really have, like, a sense of identity. So I, like, didn't know what I was good at or interested in. Um, My parents were kind of strict, like, in high school and stuff. So I wasn't allowed to, like go out with friends too much or like join extracurricular like clubs and like do things outside of school because I also had to worry about like oh like if you go and do that like who's gonna watch your siblings so I just felt like I didn't really like know who I was and that's something that I struggled with like throughout college was figuring out like what I actually wanted to do and like what would actually make me happy Mm -hmm. so I felt really like lost (laughs) um But yeah, like, I think my parents, like, at first were like, we did the right thing not telling her what to do. Look, she still chose nursing. And then when I told them that I wanted to change, they were like, but why? (laughs) But we thought we were doing it good. And, like, they didn't do a bad job. They did a great job. It's just, like, it was, like, a me thing. Like, I didn't know Mm. what I, who I was. But, yeah, how did you guys figure that out? Like, do you think? Or, like, where do the components of, like, your personality come from? Do you want to go first, Zach? He's like, I, no. I think some of mine, actually. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. like, I mentioned it earlier, like, I think, honestly, a lot of a lot of my friends, I find that, like, we have a very similar commonality where it was, like, our parents are first-gen parents, right? And mm-hmm. when they come to America, they know nothing about the internet. Or, like, they don't even know how to, like, send an email when we were, like, mm-hmm. like seven-year-olds, True. right? Yep. So, yeah. I think because of that power that my friends and I had and that lack of like parental supervision, we garnered like a lot of personality traits from the internet. Like I know like, for example, my best friend and I, um, the way we actually met was I wasn't friends with her seventh grade, but I became friends with her in eighth grade. But the way she found Mm -hmm. me was over Gaia online. Oh my God. Gaia online is. No. Okay. I like vaguely remember. It's like an anime avatar website where you can talk Mm -hmm. to strangers and you can, like, build your own profile, and, like, you're an avatar, so that Mm -hmm. was, like, really big in my middle school, and both of us were both, like, very, I guess, like, high users of it, right, and Mm -hmm. she ended up finding my profile, and was like, I want to be friends with her, and then by eighth grade, we became best friends, so, like, we had, but, like, it was, like, we had that so much lack of, like, supervision that we were able to, like, make all these friends online without telling anyone. I know she was, like, on Miley forums, like, Miley Cyrus forums, mm-hmm. and I was on, like, fucking, like, My Chemical Romance, like, forums, mm-hmm. like, Pierce <laughs> forums. And it's so weird because, like, now, like, to this day, like, I know a lot of kids are, like, making friends over, like, Discord, Twitch, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the standard yeah. of, like, where I was or where she was was, like, I was making friends over, like, Facebook, um, like emo Facebook, like that I'm friends with till today, and she made friends with that she's still friends with today on Miley Cyrus forums. So mm-hmm. I think like, but honestly, it builds character. Like I'm down for it. Like, but the thing is, mm-hmm. it's just it's tough because like when you come out doing it, like you don't want your kid to have too much internet mm-hmm. freedom. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't mind having a child who like likes has a similar personality to me just because they're on the internet a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. part of that was also, like, you guys are older siblings, right? And then, Jasmine, mm-hmm. I definitely see you and Gianna and your younger sister. Like, I do not know what you're talking about. And Dakota, I've met yeah. your older sister. She's you. Like, <laughs> the But that's how, like, my brother and I are too, right? Like, my mm. brother is 10 years older than me, which is a really big gap, right? But mm-hmm. everything I know, I think the 
biggest thing I got from him was music identity because mm. he oh, that's important yeah, no because he when he was like an adolescent like part of him disappearing for four days straight was that he was going to raves and I'm not mm. talking like Porter Robinson plur vibes this was a different type of raves rave. yeah this was like <laughs> what people think are like underground Russian Ukrainian raves nowadays mm. like those kinds so I grew up on a lot of like he was like 16 like attending huge like yeah festivals that wow he would make money like off of just like working a minimum wage job in high school but also djing Mm -hmm. so that was his livelihood (laughs) like that's how he funded his whatever activities right Mm -hmm. that's so cool i think yeah that was like the coolest part i think is like growing up with a a sibling who's very music and like he has a big music um collecting record like Mm -hmm. just they call him the library like there's different type of djs where it's like you have the mixer the producer and then you have the library and the library is Mm -hmm. the person with the like most music intelligence so he like i think he showed me the first band he ever showed me was justice and that's why like i have a tattoo of it yeah they like do the d-a-n-c-e song so they're techno right Mm -hmm. but like he once i got my emo phase he definitely fed a lot into like me liking like pop punk and stuff Mm -hmm. like despite everything and that's great yeah, no he was he was really dope and i always thought my whole life he would end up going into entertainment or going into music at least but he did it which mm-hmm. is completely fine but it definitely yeah. inspired me to try it and also like find a driving passion for it because i think him going to shows and me seeing that and then when i finally got to go to shows it was like i was going to shows that my mom never knew he went to so him mm. and i would bond over mm. like the sort of sh- shared like event where we were banned to go by our parents <laughs> but we literally mm-hmm. spent all of our adolescence there that's cool you went to like chain reaction yeah, no literally chain reaction like my brother <laughs> like my first show ever was at chain reaction or my second show it was like my because the first show i ever went to was warp tour wow oh yeah. love that it's very intense oh my god that was like big because my parents i actually with my my parents friends because mm. they yeah my parents and her friends that had like a high school reunion and the kids were just left to themselves so they were just like so oh, part of them shoot. were like 16 and they just drove us and we just ended up going my gosh yeah. and then that's when i was like introduced and i think the first band i ever saw was like 303 oh my god oh my god i love 303 i love 303 they said axes on the back of your hands. <laughs> um, I'm and dead. I'm a vegetarian. And I was not scared I of him. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like my first show, but my second show ever was at Chain Reaction, which is like down the street from like all of us. It's like very close, very local. And mm-hmm. I never told my mom that was my first concert. I think I told her I was like just hanging out at my friend's house till like midnight. Oh my god. And that her dad was gonna drop me off at home. And I remember telling my oh brother, my I like ran to him and I was like, Kuya, I went to go to my first concert. <laughs> and then he was just like, where did you go? And he was like, chain reaction. And he was like, oh, you know, like when I was 16, I would perform like gigs there, like for DJ. Whoa. So it's like things like that that are like really oh dope. Oh my God. That's yeah. dope. And I'd be like, don't tell that. mom. Don't tell mom. <laughs> She's going to be No, mad. we would never. Yeah, but that was like, I was like, I think I was 12. Like, really Dang, that's thing, crazy. That's like, crazy. An older sibling will never, like, snitch. No, will we'll always snitch. just be like, that's yeah. not my business. I'm like, that's yeah, not my business. no, but he definitely I don't know. took a lot of, like, I think for both of us, like, a lot of the problems we deal with now, we're not surprised about because we both witnessed, like, our parents, like, separating and getting back together. Like, we witnessed, mm-hmm. like, the boiling mm-hmm. up to that. So, 
I think we he rebelled a lot because of his witnessing of it, and then I mm. suffer with like blackout issues because of it. <laughs> so, You're like, I don't know what happened when I was nine. <laughs> dude, it was so bad too because like you know your older sibling will always be there for you and they'll try to reason out things, right? Mm-hmm. So he's kind mm-hmm. of that for my blacked out memories. Like I'll talk to him about stuff and he'd be like, oh, you know that's probably because of blah blah blah, and I'll be like, oh shit, that really mm. happened. Like, I thought that was a fever dream. What do you mean? When I started going to therapy and I got diagnosed, my my brother was like, he was like, I don't understand. And he cut himself off and he was like, wait, actually, we saw a lot of shit when we were younger. You're, yeah, yeah, go to therapy. And I was like, <laughs> It's like, it's so weird because like stuff that happens in your childhood, when you think about it and you're older, it's like, you almost want to like minimalize like that, um, that experience but when you really like think about it you're like oh messed up yeah, I mm-hmm. like i didn't need to see yeah, that no but i think like he is definitely a driving force in like mm-hmm. my identity and like not only that like i have another him and i are getting matching simpson tattoos so Whoa. like i'll have two tattoos dedicated to him mm-hmm. and but i really applaud him for getting his life together and also being like he's actually in healthcare now which is crazy to me He's a respiratory care therapist, which is insane. Because I'll tell you guys what, what happened to the DJ. Ironic. But I think it's crazy. But other than that, I think um, yeah, it was definitely internet because I grew up in an area that's ninety eight percent Asian, so mm. everyone was able mm. to afford Kumon. Everyone mm-hmm. grew up with very strict <laughs> parents. Everyone did like didn't really have music identity and I was like one of the youngest too just because of that aspect of A, not being the older sibling and B, Mm -hmm. all the internet things I could do. Uh, But yeah, I I don't want to be like, yeah, my personal is because of the internet, but it's, (laughs) I I could also say- It's fine. It's cool. I think also partially, like my mom's a Leo and my dad's a Scorpio. Oh my god. Being aggressive (laughs) is not like a surprise to anyone. I go, my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, me and my brother did model United Nations in high school, so we were loud as fuck. <laughs> we were loud as fuck, and for some reason, every fucking teacher remembers us just having loud ass mouths. So no, but like that's one of my favorite parts of your personality mm-hmm. is that you're so like because it's it's something that I'm like oh like I want to be like that. Like you're very loud, you're very confident, and sometimes like I get very self conscious about like myself and I like overthink things Jasmine, a lot so I'm like no I can't people are gonna think I'm weird it's true you're just I was unapologetic say, no okay Dakota, yeah. you, do you know why me yeah. and Jasmine became like fairly close no okay so when I what happened no okay Jasmine you don't remember us randomly meeting at um baristas or whatever it was called the restaurant to like go oh oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah yeah yeah, okay, yeah. so there was a random day where I was like learning about identity right like Filipino <laughs> identity and my mom has always, like, she's very, um, mestiza, like, very, like, mm-hmm. she was raised rich Filipino family, wanted me to be a quiet little, like, Filipino girl, and mm-hmm. around this time, <laughs> no. I had discovered that, like, Filipino women are leaders, right? Yep. So, I reached 100%. out to Jasmine about it. I do not know, <laughs> but I reached out to Jasmine, <laughs> I don't and even... Jasmine gave me everything I wanted to hear. Like, mm-hmm. Jasmine was like, she was like, what are you talking about? Like, we're brown, and we're also, like, leaders. Like, it's naturally mm-hmm. given to us. And she was just talking yeah. about, like, culture and history. And I think that's what made me really unapologetic, not only as, like, a person, but also, like, as, like, when I went into, like, my presidency and I went into, like, any leader position, like, that's mm-hmm. that's something that still burns in my head. So Jasmine's mm-hmm. saying, oh, my God. Wow. It's totally BS. <laughs> it's totally 
No, it's not. It's just. Okay, maybe I'm like losing myself because I've been stuck in my house for months. I don't know who you talk to, but she sounds cool. Um, I was gonna. Because <laughs> I was gonna say like when you were talking about like three hundred three and stuff, I was like laughing in my head because I remember like there would be times that I would like want to get into certain like music like I wanted to listen to, like Paramore My Chemical Romance but again like my parents were a little bit like I'm my parents did the best that they could mm-hmm. I'm not like knocking them it's just like I didn't I didn't have like an influence or I think that like I didn't really have someone older to like reassure me that like yeah the thing that you're into is like cool so mm-hmm. I was like I felt like I was like blind <laughs> like growing up because yeah. I would just like like random things but I was always like I don't know is this cool and I always felt like a poser because I'm like no one's telling me if this is cool like and I just like wish that I had had that confidence to just be like if you like it you like it just mm-hmm. like it yeah. who cares yeah. I think it's just like but I think that's something to be said about a lot of people right like I think a lot of kids even till today still think like is this cool or like should mm-hmm. I be listening to it because <laughs> you think what you put out into the world like that's like such a Capricorn thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know yeah and I think that's like it's just partially who you are but it's also once again like the older sibling mentality cause yeah. I don't think anyone necessarily wants like like you didn't want to be like the emo outcast older sister I like didn't know who I wanted yeah, to be exactly. <laughs> I, I was like testing things out all the time Yeah, so I'm sure you wanted to have like the most solid identity you could have to, like, present yourself to everyone else. Yeah. I just felt... I mean, like... No, okay, yeah. I was gonna take that. (laughs) There's a lot that I could say, but I know we have, like, other topics, but Dakota, like, did you have anything that you wanted to share to close this, like, part of it out? Oh, uh, being... (laughs) Growing up in Chino Hills was not... Every, I don't, it sounds really weird to say because it's very, it's very important, but when I was growing up, race was not, like, a big thing. Like, culture was not a big thing. It was, it was, mm-hmm. Chino Hills is a bunch of upper middle class people, upper middle class mm-hmm. children, so our issues were not the same. Like, no one cared about, like, if you're Asian, if you're white, and, like, I was very privileged to have that environment, but when I went yeah. and I explored out of that Chino Hills bubble, and I realized that there's just a bunch of different people who grow up differently from you, that's another big thing that helped me, like, burst my bubble, too, because, I don't know, okay, because also, when I was a freshman in high school, like, really, trigger warning for, like, uh, for, uh, suicide and stuff, but when I was a freshman, like, I wanted to kill myself, like, I was depressed, I was, like, 12 or 13, and I went to a mental hospital, and I met all these people who were, like, they didn't have the same privilege that I did, and when I met them, and I realized that, like, these people had their own identities, and they didn't even have, like, the same stuff, the same opportunities that I had, they still had their own sense of self and they're so confident in themselves and then there's like me who was so privileged like to the max and I didn't even like know who I was I felt like that was so disrespectful to them and to like just people in general that I couldn't even be myself when I had the opportunity to but I learned that in college so we're chill now it's fine (laughs)
That was heavy. No, yeah, I, yeah that's heavy. I feel like when you're 12 or 13, you're allowed to not know what privileges are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hun- but, I had no but clue. But, like, literally, like, when, like I told you guys now. So, for anyone listening, I'm an after-school teacher right now, and I interact with 12 and 13-year-olds, and that generation part of it is, like, they're very aware of their privileges. They're very mm. aware of, like, social constructs and privileges that we weren't aware of until we were, like, probably, like, 15. Yeah. And then we didn't fully explore until we were in college. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, aspects like that, like, it's nice to see the younger generation, like, get it done, like, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. they're able to, like, be more reassured of themselves later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Wait, Jasmine, did you I say you, what was your identity? Or what do you identify as? Or what influenced Did your Twilight identity? Did Twilight have any of a big, like, influence? <gasps> 100%, dude. That's what I was... I had no business reading Breaking Dawn at my after-school daycare, like, surrounded by other children. When I got to those parts, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is this? Dude, okay, so remember how yesterday I was talking about catechism and shit? Um, yeah. I remember it was the day, it was like sun, Saturday school, and we got out at like 9 a.m., right? And I begged my dad, and I was like, take me to Borders right now so I can buy Twilight on <laughs> Borders. And I bought Twilight on R.I.P. But I feel like every Twilight fan finds each other, so maybe that's why we're oh, friends. Yeah. We're all friends. Dude. They're always out there. It's like we know without knowing. Oh my god. Um. Okay, like identity-wise, I would say... I, like, had different phases, and I, like, changed over the course of my life. So I was a really shy kid who, like, didn't really talk to anyone. And then when I got to middle school, I was kind of like, okay, I'm tired of being like this. I just want to be, like, a confident person. So I tried, like, putting myself out there more. But I still wouldn't say that I knew who I was. And then in high school, I was um, first – actually, let's just say, like, pretty much throughout high school – I would identify myself as, like, trying to be very hipster. I was, like, in the thick of, like, Tumblr 2013, 14, 15. Um, so that influenced, like, a lot of the way that I dressed, like, the type of music that I listened to. And I didn't hate it. Like, I liked who that was. Mm-hmm. But I still, like, overall didn't – I didn't have, like, a clear picture of, like, who I wanted to be or, like, what values were, like, important to me. Um, and I would say, like, this is cheesy as hell, but I will say that, like – pack had a really big like influence Mm -hmm. on like my personal identity um because i i mean i knew i was filipino growing up and like my parents were like never shy to like they like instilled this pride in me like anytime i heard that someone was filipino or something was like filipino made i was like proud of it um i just didn't really have this connection where i like knew about the history behind it So I feel like I got that in college, and then that's when I started feeling very empowered because I took on, like, leadership roles and stuff. Um, And it just made me realize, like, all of the... I was, like... I grew up, like, being proud of being Filipino, but then it really, like, became a part of my identity, like, in college. And all the stuff that comes with that, like, me being unapologetically, like, loud. The stuff that I told Mel, I guess, like, that one day. Mm -hmm. Like, unapologetically proud not afraid to to speak my mind mm-hmm. or like not in fr- not afraid of like people being intimidated by me and stuff cuz like i think growing up i was very like oh like i want to be a soft girl and i like don't want people to be like scared of me but i always like was a little bit envious and like admired people who were like very outspoken um so i think i kind of became that like through all the stuff that i did in college and that's kind of who i am now mm-hmm. i just speak up about stuff i care about yeah. and i think that's important 
Dakota, like, I know I heard Jasmine's part of, like, not to be corny, but if anyone doesn't know, we met through Filipino club in college. Mm-hmm. Um, all yes. of us met each other through the yep. Filipino club in college. That's where all my friends yeah, came from. Really, uh, but ja- I, I've heard Jasmine's story, and, like, obviously mm-hmm. Jasmine's impacted me, but I've never heard yours, actually. Um, if you, if it impacted you in any, like, big way that you could see post-grad now. Oh, I don't want to, like, cry. Like, that's how much pack means to me. Like, oh, it's so crazy. Like, a little... Like, people... Oh my god, I will. Uh, I think, like, the OG people that, like, knew me before it became, like, me were Kyla and Sam. Like, they knew who I was. Like, I was, like, quiet. I didn't put myself out there. I didn't have, like, a voice. Like, at all. I knew, like, my potential because senior year of high school, that's when I, like, realized that I was capable of doing a lot of things. But, like, something about PAC made me realize that, like, I do have a voice. I do matter. What I like is what I like. And I have the potential to, like, be the best version of me because I had no idea that I would take on so many so much responsibility and so many leadership roles and like Jasmine was to like Mel like I've heard people like say stuff about me where they said like I was inspired to do this because of you and it's like one of the best feelings in the world that like you like at that time that I was like inspiring them I had like no idea like I was going Mm -hmm. through it but Girl, like, I didn't even remember what I did. <laughs> I mean, Dakota made me want to be a historian. Oh! <laughs> See, like, stuff like that where it's just, like, you don't think that you have this power to do good with people, but, like, you definitely do, and PAC helped me learn that, and, like, I don't even know if I would be able to even have, like, the voice to even do this podcast if it, was a, if it wasn't for PAC, <laughs> like, to be yeah. confident. That's yeah. what PAC means to me in, like, a little... <laughs> Sprinkle. You look like you're I gonna cry. cry. You should just do it. No. Just do it. I'm gonna take this time to be like, okay, so I feel like a lot of people, they have the perception, especially like high school, right? Once you mm-hmm. enter university, you're given a social, like, you're given a social group, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. as commuters, you're not given that privilege. Mm-hmm. It's only to dormers. So if anyone is in like high school or younger, like, do a collegiate group. Don't think, just do. Because mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I was never, like, I was like, like, cause I, because I went to, like, cause, yeah, because I went to, like, a 90%, like, Filipino high school, mm. right? So I never mm. saw anything special about us. And also, like, I represented everything that was, like, rebel from your parents. Like, don't do what they say, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. when I entered college, I remember Allison, who's, like, my best friend. But she's also the polar opposite of me. Um, she was very, she did high school basketball, and she was, like, friends with everyone, she still, like, is a fucking, like, fucking bright as hell, like, wherever she mm-hmm. goes, right? And mm-hmm. she was, like, I remember her, she, like, asked me, she was, like, can you come to this, like, Filipino event with me? And I was, like, ew, like, why do you want to go hang with Filipinos? Like, it's gross, like, and it ended up being a life-changing experience, because I ended up doing three positions now for them. Girl, she was president. <laughs> she didn't want to be there. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, on top of it. Oh, my God. I was talking to Jasmine. Like, everything I thought Filipino identity was in high school got scrubbed when mm. I joined PAC. 
when you learn yeah. about actual history that's like written books rather than you know mm-hmm. like verbal history is just as important but yeah. after hearing stuff like leadership and actual like functionality of your culture mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah and also it mm-hmm. opens your horizons to meeting so many people that might not be the same cultural identity as you but mm-hmm. then being mm-hmm. just as passionate and that's mm-hmm. wild it's about yeah. giving like i think a lot of it is i think where a lot of cultural clubs go wrong like in cal state long beach specifically or any other place because i would say that we out of like most of them have the most diverse in race yeah. and it's not just because yeah. like filipinos like we fucking like make kids with everyone or whatever it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's strictly, i think it's strictly because we realize that being filipino can be such like a social identity that mm-hmm. yeah we always give the title people to people just by association yeah. Because a lot of us don't grow up in, like, standard Filipino households, but what brings us together is that we love the people we meet in the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. was, like, one of the most, like, life-changing differences I saw. Because, I would, like, right now, like, Irene, who's my successor, is full-ass Korean. She's mm-hmm. not any bit Even, like, Filipino. Rachel and Dong. When I like, came into PAC, yeah. the fucking president was Korean. Like, mm-hmm. And it's crazy to see how much history, like, they know more than you. Or they mm-hmm. would see just as passionate for because they found yeah. a home and I think to anyone like I know right now I'm talking to I, I've met a lot of the newbies actually this year and mm-hmm. it just sucks because like I'm hoping they get that same like when yeah. they look back on their first year they're gonna be like that was so cool because I think like once again where they where all the clubs other go clubs go wrong is that in order to make someone feel comfortable in your culture you have to make them feel mm-hmm. comfortable with you like, mm-hmm. it starts from you. It doesn't start from an immediate cultural thing. It starts with you being comfortable. And I think the way PAC is designed is very social because it wants everyone mm-hmm. to be involved. So mm-hmm. we learn how yeah. to interact with different populations on the daily. Like, we could welcome. No one liked doing that shit. It was the most uncomfortable yeah, shit in your life. We could welcome is essentially, like, yeah. um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's you... It, the school creates traffic in the smack dab in the mm-hmm. middle of like where the first years Campus. and second years constantly walk every day and your goal mm-hmm. as a club is to get people to come to your tent and in order to do so you fucking run up to the first person who just glances your way mm-hmm. they can't even breathe when they glance at you you gotta take them you gotta snatch you're, them you're a business person oh my yeah, god you're a business person you're negotiating you're telling them advice yep. like you're everything mm-hmm. right you're getting to know this person within like a five minute frame before they go to class and you have to make mm-hmm. an impression so yeah i think events like that like honestly they, they make they meet all of us like such social people because mm-hmm. you interact yeah. with people who like you interact people who have never been to group outings you've interacted with people mm-hmm. who might have never talked i know like i talked to a couple of european students who've never probably never fucking met a filipino person <laughs> and like it said what is this <laughs> I, I saw this on the internet like, <laughs> 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 you meet a lot of people and i think part of like partially i think for me for example like you guys doing the podcast and me starting streaming right a mm-hmm. lot of us mm-hmm. wouldn't be inspired to do this because we find it kind of sometimes humiliating just because of, like, yeah. the starting regions, right? Because I know I'm yeah. definitely not always encouraged when I see, like, just one person watching. But mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so inspiring when you have a large group of people like Pack, where mm-hmm. everyone's trying to do it and everyone's setting it aside to do something they like. Mm-hmm. And that's how yeah. I would explain Week of Welcome is you're setting your humiliation aside and mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. going for it. And I think a lot of people don't get that lesson if they're just going to school and going to work. Yeah. Yeah, true. I 
don't know who I would be if I wasn't in PAC. And then just like as I guess like to add on a little bit to what you said, I think that's like one of the most beautiful things about like our culture is our ability to like embrace absolutely everyone mm-hmm. and like consider everyone as family. Um, and I definitely like I don't know if like this will make any sense, but like I feel like so my high school that I went to, there were some Filipino kids, but it was like predominantly like white and Korean, I would say was like the demographic um and I only thought of like Filipinos in one type of like way Mm. because all the Filipinos at my school were the ukuleles like the (laughs) ukulele players and I was one of them I used to stuff that thing in my locker I carried it around I don't care (laughs) and then the other half was like the dancers and stuff and like very youtube that's like the stereotype that I had and like grew up with so like when I got to college and I joined PAC and I met people like Mel was like a super emo <laughs> Filipino kid. There's like artsy ones that like to take photos. Dakota likes to draw. And he was like, when I met him, he was like already pursuing that. Like I think he was doing animation at the time. And I remember the first conversation that I had with him ever was like in the library, like maybe during finals week or something. And he was drawing and I think I just randomly started talking to Dakota and I thought he was like annoyed with me. <laughs> like I was just like asking him questions, but I was so fascinated. I was like, so you're studying, I was like, you're studying animation? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, you didn't, like, want to do nursing or something? Like, <laughs> you know, not like, I, but I was, like, I was so, like, intrigued by that, that, mm-hmm. like, here are all these Filipino kids, and, like, we all have that common story, or, like, most of us do, where it's like, oh, we were going to start out this way, but, like, we decided to, like, follow our own path. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Like, look at all these people doing different types of things, but all sharing, like, one cultural identity, it was, like, really inspiring to me. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, dude. Like, every time, I think, like, when I grow up, like, if I ever have kids or if I ever, like, interact with someone's kids, I'm like, you guys are drawing co-allegiate groups, period. Mm-hmm. No talk. Like, I don't give a <laughs> crap if it's, like, a sorority frat or whatever, but you have to mm-hmm. do it. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing more beautiful than just being in a group. But also, mm-hmm. let's say, like, I think the people I'm most proud of from PAC are people who are half I don't know about you guys. Shout out Dakota. Out. Yeah. No, because it's like, dude, like, yeah. you choose to ignore your culture for so long, and also the people mm-hmm. in your culture, and having that set mm-hmm. design of, like, oh, um, either, because I feel like a lot of Hapa families, they're either, like, super Filipino or not Filipino at all, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I think for the families that are not Filipino at all, and them taking the first step to, like, join a culture group to understand their culture more independently is fucking insane to me. Like, I yeah. think that's, like, the population I'm most proud of, along with the people who aren't even Filipino, because mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But also, on top of it, like, Jasmine, like, say, uh, same. I never thought I would meet people who, <laughs> who were Filipino and had passions other than healthcare. Like, I was like, this is so crazy. I was like, what do you yeah. mean? I was like, excuse me. Like, what do you mean there's another way? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah. and it's just it's insane that I think all of us have took identity characteristics from mm-hmm. our time there and yeah. we took the yeah. best identity characteristics that takes people years mm-hmm. years to build up and like especially for public speaking I feel like yeah. all of us, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. we could fucking talk our heads off mm-hmm. so confidently without one um or like 
or like mm-hmm. just go up there without any questions like just go mm-hmm. up without any anxiety whatever because we were thrown into spot we were bred to do that yeah like yeah. if for anyone that's any context we've talked to crowds over 300 people mm-hmm. and yes, ma'am. like it's so ridiculous to me because my friend i was talking to her because she has to take a prereq class for communications and I was like, mm-hmm. I love calm, but calm 100 is the most pestering thing. Seeing 24 <laughs> year olds not be able to do public speaking. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's scary. It's, scary. it's so scary. It's like, what do you like, mean? The, the population, and I'm just like, we. I'm so thankful that us as people who have joined these clubs are over that. Like mm-hmm. we're so mm-hmm. over it. So I think that was like a number one skill that I always talk to like under like people mm-hmm. who are younger than me about. I'm like, you guys mm-hmm. will never get better social or planning skills in any mm-hmm. other fucking classroom or any other fucking social scenario besides being, mm-hmm. like, a co-allegiant leader. If yeah. if I never um, was in PAC or had those leadership positions in PAC, I don't even think I would have, like, my full-time job because the way that I talk, like, <laughs> with, either. like, inter- at interviews... Like, I used to be, like, so nervous. I used to, like, shake. Like, my hands are sweaty. And then now it's just, like, if you're not... Like, I, I was forced to, like, be confident in myself, like, doing public speaking. And now I can go into any interview and to be like, yeah, how are you? And just just basically control that conversation <laughs> and be able to read people so easily. And it's crazy how much I've, like, learned, like, unintentionally mm-hmm. at PAC. I was gonna say, like, without PAC... I wouldn't have Jasmine, my full-time job. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm laughing because I wouldn't have my full-time job either because I work with my friends from <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, we all work. Literally. <laughs> Four people from That's back. why I was, like, laughing because oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, me too, but for different reasons. Like, we got the networking and public speaking skills. I'm yeah. about that. And I yeah. didn't have to get hazed for it. I mean, <laughs> well, oh, my God. Yeah, so if you're in college and you're still getting hazed, that's not supposed to be a thing, but we still know what happens. Yeah. I have such an embarrassing story. I almost joined, like, um, a business frat, right? Which one? And oh, never mind. Never mind. Don't, say it, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and I don't remember because I didn't even go to their, like, social events because, again, like, my parents were still, like, kind of strict about, like, me coming home late and stuff and, like, going to different events because it was still very, like, go to school and come home afterwards. But, um... <laughs> so, like... I think I was walking to the parking structure, walking past the business building, and there's, like, these outgoing people, and this is, like, my freshman year, um, and I was considering joining Greek Life, but I didn't know if, like, that was for me, and this guy, like, approached me, and he was like, hey, did you want to sign up for, like, this, like, our frat or whatever, and I was like, yeah, okay, so I just put down my contact inter- information, and then they were, like, trying to reach out to me, I think they sent me a few texts, mm-hmm. and then they, like, ended up calling me, but I had already decided, like, I don't think I'm really going to do that, because it's going to take a lot of time, like, outside of school, and I don't know if my parents will be fine with that, but, like, I had the most embarrassing, like, voicemail, like, message, like, what do you call that thing, when you, the greeting, the voicemail greeting thing, mm-hmm. I recorded it in the seventh grade. It was a song to the tune of JRA's, um, what's that song? Oh my God, why am I blanking? I don't know, but I think I'm going to laugh when you say it. <laughs> I think, <laughs> by chance, you and I, right? Oh. And I'm just going to sample what it sounded like. Dang. <clears throat> Hi, you just called <gasps> my phone, but I'm not here to answer, so please leave your name and your number, your and I'll greeting? get back to you. That was my message. That was the greeting, and I literally, and I got a message from them, and they're like, hey, it's Brad from State 
mm-hmm. um, name here. And he was like, that's a really cool voicemail greeting. Anyway, we're having a social. <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, bro, look at this girl's voice message. I was going to cry. I was like, someone had to, because he was like, that's a cool greeting. So we're having a social this Tuesday. Um, if you want to come through and like meet, I was like, I'm going to die. I hate it here. And I changed it after that. Like I, because I had the same one since the seventh grade. I wish grade. I could see your face when you realize that like. Bright red. Just <laughs> The way that it is now is like red. Yeah. Let me not like wrap this one up. I think like a lot of it was part of it was like um, it built my adult identity because I was able to get outside more because my mom mm-hmm. saw the success I had in PACT and also loved that I was getting engaged with culture. Um, she especially loved mm-hmm. and loved me going out when I met Dakota. Uh, when she met Dakota, because <laughs> she was like, not only is PCN better than the way people dance to Nick in the Philippines, by the way, my mom's homegrown in the Philippines, and so is my dad, and every time I they came that. out of the Filipino culture night, they'd be like, well, even better than in the Philippines, that's crazy, like, that's, and it's in like a, like, they're like watching like telenovela at the same time, just I'm dead, and I'm so dead. she would meet people like Dakota, she'd meet people like, um, DJ, Isa, just like all these people in clubs who like have their life sort of they can perceive their life together. They can make conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it helped my mom ease her mind about me going out with them so often. Mm-hmm. But I mean like one thing I'm struggling with now or even not struggling with is how is I know like a really big building character arc for us was college. How is it mm-hmm. post grad building your identity uh... That was hard. Listen. That was hard. <laughs> you know what? I was made to be a working girl. Mm-hmm. You can ask Dakota. Yep. I love working. Yeah. I'm a Capricorn. But, like, I I really like working. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, you know, in all honesty, the job that I have right now, I enjoy it. I like the company. But I don't think I'm going to stay here, like, forever. Because mm-hmm. it was never, like, my dream job. I just needed to get, like, my foot in the door. Um but I just like working and like I haven't really experienced it because the job that like I'm working at now I got hired like in July like during COVID so I've only ever worked from home Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why I like it so much but like I think it's just interesting because I feel like our whole lives we go with like having structure Mm -hmm. and like people telling us like this is what you need to do this is the path And then they kind of just throw you out there. And they're like, okay, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, like, I guess, like, in a working sense, I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, I like what I do right now. Um, And then all the other aspects, like, you sort of just need to figure out. Like, me and Dakota making this podcast, why did we do that? (laughs) We just thought, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I don't know. know. How do you feel, Dakota? For me, it's, like, when you're in, like, um like, elementary and junior high and high school, like, you have, like, these restrictions, like, you're supposed to do, take this test and go to this school and have this by this time, but then, like, as you get older and as you progress, like, in the education system, those chains and restrictions loosen, and then by the time you're in college, like, even college, you have some restrictions, like, oh, I have to get this degree by this time and pay this Mm -hmm. for that, but then the second you graduate, 
there's literally no chains there's no boundaries yep. you can be whoever you want you can do whatever you want you can take any path that you want but it, it's kind of like when we us going transitioning into college where it's just like oh i really can do whatever i want and like no one tells you that you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. and now i'm just like i'm graduated now and i'm like okay i have a piece of paper um now now what do i do like i'm next is supposed to be whatever like, you want get a house <laughs> is this supposed to be in a serious relationship and have a family and then <laughs> it, it's like all, there's so many possibilities it's mm. ridiculous like you don't think about the possibilities that you have oh it's insane no, it's like, insane once you get your degree you're mm -hmm. like oh my god everything all my next milestones are not surrounded by school. It's mm -hmm. like strictly mm -hmm. a life event. Like, mm -hmm. it has to be a life event. And then sometimes that That's degree crazy. that you get doesn't even get you to that mm -hmm. job that you want. Nope. Nope, like, I have an Asian American <laughs> Studies degree. That has nothing to do with digital marketing. <laughs> it taught me, like, the history of Asians and, like, accepting all cultures, and that helped me with that. But, like, in reality, mm -hmm. it's... it's it kind of did nothing. I think, unpopular opinion, I learned more in PAC than I did, like, taking classes. Like, I learned how to be a... I learned how to be a business person in PAC. Like, that's straight up, like... Yeah, I learned how to do, like, a lot of things. And it's just really scary, and it never hits you until you're in the thick of it, and you're just stuck, and you're stranded, and you're like, Yay, life begins now. <laughs> I think, like, I try to treat it as a positive thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel very, I feel very free, and it's something that I have been, like, working on for the past few months now. This idea of, like, I, like this life belongs to me, because for mm -hmm. the longest time, like, I didn't feel that way especially going through school, and I talked about, like, my experiences, like, being the oldest, having expectations, like, put upon me, and, like, my parents being kind of strict. I, like, never really felt like, okay, this is my life, and I get to do whatever I want with it, mm -hmm. but now I kind of feel that freedom, and um, I'm still working on, like, it's still a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what it is I like, and, like, where my passions lie and stuff, but I just think that I look at it from a very, like, positive and, like, excited outlook. Because mm -hmm. I'm just like, dude, I could be anything. Like, I could do yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah, I guess so, mine came out I, pretty pessimistic. but No, it's fine. <laughs> but, Dakota, like, this is just who you are. I know you don't really feel, Oh, you no, know. I absolutely do not feel that way. I, like, I guess for me, like, I guess, like, the biggest piece of advice is just, like I said earlier, you can't go through life without being yourself you really can't and to live the best life and to do the things that you want to do whether it's make a lot of money or be um a wife or a husband or uh an influencer like you you mm -hmm. cannot do that faking it because eventually it'll catch up to you and it'll be like the worst feeling yeah yeah and being yourself is just it's it's, it's nice yeah, it's yourself. really nice. It's like being unapologetic it's and also like facing the humiliation of being yourself is one of the mm -hmm. best things you can yeah. do for yourself. I mean, like when I was talking to Jasmine about giving this topic, Gavin mm -hmm. and I actually had a conversation about how um, 
when you're in college, you have, like, the biggest social circle you've ever had, right? Mm-hmm. And then not only being on top of college, but I graduated during COVID. So that mm-hmm. was, like, it <laughs> yeah. was such, like, a mind-numbing experience having two things taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Not only, like, having mm-hmm. your social life from something you grew, but also just the social life of seeing people in your demographic very mm-hmm. similarly. Um, so I think when I was building my identity sort of like in this last winter, because I'm still in school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to come in with a sense that I have a built identity because I'm achieving something higher, you know? Like, I'm not yeah. necessarily going to be joining clubs. I'm not going to be joining blah, 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 because I'm achieving something higher than bachelors. So mm-hmm. this last winter, I, I did a lot of reflection of what could replace the busy social life I did have mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of the hobbies I did have I one of them was surfing right mm-hmm. I took up the hobby of surfing oh, yeah. and I love surfing I think it's so fucking fun I'd rather be doing it than fucking pumping iron in the gym any mm-hmm. day right <laughs> but the thing about it is that whenever I take on things I tend to go through phases and mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. buying and wearing O'Neal and Rip Curl ew so i think it's just going through the waves of like what you enjoy trying the niches and Mm -hmm. realizing Mm -hmm. the niches aren't for you but you could still break those niches yeah a hundred percent um so that was like a recent identity that i currently took on was like Mm -hmm. solidifying my hobbies solidifying what i like and what i don't like and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people don't really take the chance to even try things out and yeah. it's okay to go through phases. Everyone goes through phases. I'd rather have people mm-hmm. go through phases than never try anything at all. Yeah. True. And I think that's a big thing about building your identity is because you'll never progress if you don't try. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was, like, for me, like, to, like, put a fucking list, like, Twitch streaming, like, gaming. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm like, a plant bitch. Yeah. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. a plant bitch. I'm, like, a coffee bitch. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like if everyone didn't try being a plant bitch at the beginning of the year none of us would try to be mm-hmm. friendly mm-hmm. and like i like learned how to longboard yeah, yeah. that's a skill i've always wanted yeah, like like skating surfing any like any fucking hobby that comes with these niches mm-hmm. i think a lot of people can turn like try those things out and put the humiliation aside of whatever of whatever yep. like you know pictures might yeah. come from it but you take the good from each one yeah like mm-hmm. being able to be environmentally aware when you get pants mm-hmm. or be more cautious about being a shopper when you get into fashion or mm-hmm. yep. anything like that especially like music wise like you can see the dark side of things so not every musician is romanticized mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think it's aspects like that that build identity character so well is just mm-hmm. trying and just yeah. letting yourself go through that uppity of like experiencing it and taking the best out of it and not yeah, necessarily being strained down either from it mm-hmm because, like, I would be afraid to do a lot of stuff. Like, when I was younger, I would just be like, I'm just not going to do that. But now, <laughs> now, like, I I can confidently say, like, I can, I can edit videos. I can, I can be a, a graphic designer. I can be a YouTuber. I can be a podcast host. I can, I can do a bunch of stuff. And I was never able to do that. And it not only creates, like, character and identity, but it helps you appreciate a lot of, different people because even when you're listening to music you don't people like forget that like there's mixers producers editors um uh managers all that just for like one song and for one artist and you forget that like these are like everyday people 
and it just gives you like this big appreciation for just humans in general um i guess like to wrap everything up in like a cute little bow Mm -hmm. what's like one piece of one piece of advice that you would give your 16 year old self like if you could go back in time and like tell yourself something i might cry but like (laughs) (laughs) so someone else start and then i'll go Hmm. Me as a 16-year-old? Oh, my fucking God. I think part of it would be explore your interests because life isn't ending at 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're, You're going to be here for a lot yet. longer, B. Yeah. Also, um, don't do anything you don't enjoy and don't mm. spend too much time in it. Because if you waste your time in things you enjoy, it's wasted time. Mm-hmm. And also, don't be afraid to break niches. Because I, mm-hmm. I, 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 like, played softball, and I was the emo girl for one year. I didn't, you played softball? I played wow. softball. <laughs> you would play softball. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But, you just, like... <laughs> and it was going through, like, the 2014 phase where you'd wear, like, skirts and knee-high socks. So I mm-hmm. actually oh turned those knee-high socks to get into my other knee-high socks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I think part of, the, like, the advice, not only for that, was don't break... Be confident in breaking niches, but also be comfortable in who you are. Because there was mm-hmm. definitely a phase in college and high school where I was trying to just look like the population I saw every day, mm-hmm. and I was not happy. And like yeah. Dakota said, like being yourself is the highest rewarding thing you could ever fucking have in your life. Mm-hmm. And being confident in yourself and building that confidence within yourself. Basically, get to know yourself. Yeah. Miss <laughs> Melanie Massacre, get to know yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Melanie Massacre. Mm. Okay. I think mine... Mine would be to just stop trying to, like, make other people like you. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, there's going to be so many people in this life that don't like you, and there's going to be an equal amount of people that do like you for the things that you like and the person that you are. So just focus on those things. Stop trying to, like, assimilate and, like, be like everybody else and embrace the things that make you different because those are like the best parts about you. Mm-hmm. And like, just, I think I would tell like my 16 year old self, like, this is your life. <laughs> Choose the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, don't worry so much about like what your mom and dad are going to think or like what other people are going to think and how they'll see you. And this is advice for myself now too. I think <laughs> just like, just build like your own life. Like you're your own person. You don't belong to anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. just do the things that you want to do. Okay. Dakota. Uh, mine would be... I mean, what, like, kind of what Jasmine says, where no one's going to like you if you don't even like you. Because... Uh, like, the you your own power is so great, and that's enough, is yourself. That's enough. Way we're just telling kids to be selfish. <laughs> yeah, be selfish. Do it. Do it. What other okay, what other point in your life are you gonna be selfish? No, One day mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. might be a mother or a wife and and then you're gonna go back to like having people expect things from you. But right now, mm-hmm. that ain't your job, baby. Do what you wanna do. Um, do what you gotta do. Oh, also go to therapy. That's another thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah therapy's very That's important. That's advice for me now. <laughs> unpack that unpack that learn from it accept it and 
and we move on and we do what we have to do. But this was good, you guys. Wow. We had a lot to talk about. Mel, I love having you on the podcast. Yeah. I feel like you make it more alive. Me and Dakota get a little dead sometimes, but you're just like a ball of energy, and I love that about I mean, you. This was my first one, so who knows if I'd be like still a ball of energy. <laughs> That's true. Like, if I did this every week, I'd be like, you know? Yeah. You'll catch me just like, like, I have to go water oh my the plant in the game. <laughs> You're like clicking is hard. I'm like the sim won't listen to me. (laughs) You guys check out Mel's Twitch Mm -hmm. because I will give her some love. Obviously, she's entertaining. Like you've listened Mm -hmm. to her for the past hour. Um, Where can they find you? I'm gonna do that. You should do that. Um, You guys could find me on Twitch.tv/paysino. P A Y C I N O. I think that's like the best one to get to know like me. I'm trying to be more comfortable on it right because i'm like doing mm. it alone but i think mm-hmm. it's something i'm more active on than i am on instagram which is the same handle mm-hmm. and then twitter is waste yourself w-a-s-t-t-e-y-r-s-l-f can you guess how old i was when i made that twitter <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you can um and i want to do more twitch streams about like spirituality and also just like chill ones because i play a lot of like minecraft sims and like stardew valley which are very relaxing games but if you ever want to hear my obnoxious voice make a very peaceful game not peaceful imagine mel doing like asmr <laughs> um, have you guys seen my mic i can't <gasps> that sounds Whoa. pretty you know what i i'm like self-conscious that sometimes when i swallow people are gonna hear it oh, like, <laughs> like really uncomfortable yeah. Oh, yeah last stream i chewed gum and you can and I was like, hell no. That's I ASMR. Like, I'm, I'm going to look for that one. No, no. <laughs> um, thank you, Mel, for being our thank special you. guest today. We really thank enjoyed you. having you. You guys love you. And you guys, don't forget to send in more topic ideas to us via the link in our bio on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, because I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes we be running out of things to talk about. Um, and... That's why we listened to all the topics that Mel wanted to talk about today, because they were really good ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, send in your stuff, and we can talk about it. So I got on. <laughs> you can't. You, you too can, can be podcast member of the week. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.